Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Audio Jungle. Hi, you guys. It's Misty. This is Audio Hello from snowy lockdown wonderland. Hey you guys. Um, happy Friday. Crazy that I'm not recording on Sunday and I think I already recorded an episode this week. I don't know. I don't know what day it is anymore. That's okay. I'm here. And I hope everyone is safe and sound and um, enjoying the weather wherever you are. Like I said, it's snowing here, so I am hanging in the office. I had to get away from the house. Don't worry, I did not encounter any people on the way here. And um, yeah, that's about it. From my journey to my office, I am locked down in here for the day, recording podcasts, yeah, watching the snow, and that's that. I just wanted to give you guys some updates. I have now started season two. This is the first episode of season two. I never thought I would have a season two of a podcast, but... I do know. So this season, I really would like to focus on creatures and demons and mythical people, myths, that kind of thing. There's even historic people that were part of the occult and that realm of urban legends. So that's what I am starting today. Hooray! So just to shout out, everybody, thanks for following on Instagram, the Instagram group, the Twitter group. You guys are amazing. I sought out some happier podcasts because I listen to a lot of true crime and murder and 
it has not been good for my anxiety or my psyche during this time. So I wanted to tell you guys about a podcast I've been listening to called Dumb Love. It is amazing. So thanks to my friend Aaron who suggested that. And you guys should listen to it. The fact that they make references to my favorite show of all time, The State, makes me so happy inside. So you guys should check that out. So I'm just going to roll into this. I've got my vanilla latte on my desk, and I'm super excited about this book I got a few months ago. I got a gift card for Christmas from one of the parents in my classroom, and this book immediately called to me when I walked by this section of the bookstore. So the book is Breverton's Phantasmagoria. I think I've talked about it before. And it is by Terry Breverton. Breverton. It is the best book ever. And I'm going to take some myths, legends, monsters from it. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is, oh, I'm going to butcher the saying or the pronunciation because I'm not my Italian grandfather. But this is Count Cagliostro, also known as the demon from hell. I will just call him Count from here on out like we are best friends. So the sources came from the book, of course, Phantasmagoria by Terry Breverton, Wikipedia, crystallinks.com, mentalfloss.com, occultopedia.com, which is a super cool website, and lifeinitaly.com. Mm -mm -mm. Taking it back to my people. So where do I begin with this guy? He was born to very poor parents, and life in Palermo was um, kind of medial for him, but he did end up joining a Catholic order, and he devoted himself to learning about medicine and service. He also learned about the pharmacy um, and then realized that he did not want to be a monk, and he left the order. When he left, he wanted to focus on other things, such as art, which is where he learned the skill for forgery. He made quite a name for himself because he knew a lot of secrets and sacred rites, which reinforced his reputation as a magician. He began to swindle people, and at one point he did trick a goldsmith into thinking that he was being attacked by demons. So he ended up robbing that goldsmith, and he left Palermo and began to travel in the Mediterranean. Um, so he ended up marrying a woman named Lorenza. Uh, she preferred to be called Serafina. As it turned out, she also had a gift for scamming people, and the pair became trusted partners in tricks throughout their lives. Hmm. Either way, he started performing seances, selling elixirs, and then he he was welcomed with open arms, supposedly as Benjamin Franklin's personal doctor. In Russia, Catherine the Great 
wrote verses about him. Um, and then he was known to be a Freemason shortly after. He is credited with co-founding the Egyptian Freemasonry in the early 1780s. The sect was supposedly based on the rites of the ancient deities Isis and Osiris and features extensive death and rebirth imagery. Um, the, right, the Egyptian rite became huge in France where the count became very popular with the nobility. But in 1785, it all came crashing down. Accounts of the count's level of involvement differ, but ultimately the occultists became tied to an incident in which a con, art, con artist convinced a cardinal to buy an enormously shaped and expensive diamond necklace on behalf of Marie Antoinette. The count was arrested and imprisoned in the Bastille for nine months, though a trial could not prove that he had any part in the manner. The affair of the diamond necklace, as it is now known, um, went throughout the French public, and a lot of people um, knew that the count had been involved with this. He was let go out of prison, though, and his troubles did not end there. Um, he returned to Rome in 1789, but as he was trying to earn a living just using magic, medicine, communicating with spirits, the Inquisition sniffed him out again. He was arrested that December and sentenced to death for the crimes of Freemasonry, heresy, and magic. Serafina, meanwhile, when all this is going on, she was sent off to a convent. So the Pope um, told the people of Rome that instead of execution, the Count would be imprisoned for life. He tried to escape many times, and then he was sent to the fortress of San Leo in North of Italy. He died there on August 26, 1795 at the age of 52. One of the few people to interview the Count's family was Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, probably butchered that, during a visit to Palermo in 1787. He tracked him down, or he tracked down his mother, sorry, um, who told him <clears throat> that these myths had just built up early on in his life. Um, some scholars even say that the Count was a model for um, Faust and also the model of the devil, Mistopheles. Um, So that is the story of the Count, the demon of hell. All right, sorry if this episode's a little choppy. I keep having to clear my throat. I haven't talked this much um, in a few days. So, yeah, I've got my water and I'm good. All right, so next I'm going to talk about The Sixth Sense. Not the movie, mind you. The idea of having a sixth sense. Um, sources for this or from the book that I'm reading, uh, BuzzFeed, ConsciousPanda.com, Ranker.com, Dark-Stories.com, and historic col HistoryCollection.co. Um, 
Um, all right, so what's the sixth sense? Rare individuals seem able to foretell when something is going to happen, an occurrence which cannot be dismissed as merely coincidental or a chance happening. For several days, 10-year-old Errol May Jones kept telling his mother that she was not afraid to die, as I shall be with Peter in June. On October 20th, 1966, she told her mother, let me tell you about my dream last night. I dreamt I went to school and there was no school there. Something black had come down over it. The next morning, a mountain of coal waste and slurry cascaded over her primary school in Wales, suffocating and crushing to death 116 school children and 28 adults. Errol was buried in the same mass grave as her best friends, Peter and June. Hmm. Larry Dosey, in The Power of Premonitions, recorded one North Carolina mother dreaming about spinning into blackness while hearing a man's voice repeating, 2830-2830. He also uttered a name which sounded like Rooks or Harooks. She ended up canceling her family's plane tickets to Disneyland on September 11, 2001, despite the protest of her husband. The initial tally of deaths at the Twin Towers in New York was 2,830. And Michael Horrocks was the first officer of United Airlines Flight 175, which crashed into the South Tower. Dosey writes of another woman holidaying in D.C. two weeks before that. She was dozing in her car while her husband was driving, but suddenly saw the Pentagon with, billions of, with billows of black smoke pouring out of it. In a panic, she became hysterical and traumatized. Two weeks later, American Airlines Flight 77 was flown into the Pentagon, killing 184 people and, people and billows of black smoke issued from the building. Lawrence Basu, who worked in the World Trade Center, dreamed that towers were crashing around him. A few days later, his wife dreamed that the streets of Manhattan were filled with debris. A few days later, he was on the ground floor helping to rescue several children trapped in a care center. He died there. Strangely, the occupancy rate of four planes which crashed was only 21%, a figure that was much lower than normal for commuter services, which points to many people postponing or canceling their flights. Famous people have also had such visions. Um, J.P. Morgan had a premonition that the Titanic would sink in 1912 and canceled his passage at the last minute. In 2007, the 12-day-old twins of actor Dennis Quaid and his wife Kimberly were rushed into a, an L.A. hospital with suspected bacterial infections and routine antibiotics were administered. On their second day in the hospital, the exhausted parents left the hospital to sleep for a few hours. At 9 p.m., Kimberly Quaid awoke, desperately frightened, I just had a horrible feeling come over me, and I felt like the babies were passing. I just had this feeling of dread. She was so scared that she jotted down, 9 p.m., something happened to the babies. Dennis Quaid phoned the hospital and was told that the babies were fine, but someone went to check on the children. They were fighting for their lives and accidentally being given a huge overdose of anti-clotting drugs and has had to spend 11 days in intensive care. 
There are also many stories about premonitions of animals knowing of death, of their master or mistress about to occur, or flamingos fleeing India on Boxing Day, 2004, the day the tsunami struck. Hmm. So, premonitions, the sixth sense, what have you. There's so many of these stories. And so I found a few um, about this as well. Uh, let's see. The first one is, hold oh please. Um, David Booth dreamed about a commercial aviation disaster. May 25th, 1979 was one of the worst days in American aviation history. It was the day when American Airlines Flight 191 crashed minutes after taking off from O'Hare Airport in Chicago. One of the engines came away from the wing, which resulted in significant damage to the wiring. The pilot had no control of the plane, and it crashed into a nearby trailer park. 272 people died, and for one man, it was an especially harrowing scene because he had predicted that this was going to happen, except he was never able um, to completely narrow it down. Um, Booth told American Airlines in the FAA that he had a dream about a 727 plane going down. Um, he had his last nightmare of it on May 24th. He did not know this disaster was right around the corner. So when the news broke about the crash, he was in front of the television, unable to believe his eyes. Hmm. Booth was investigated because many people thought that he could have had something to do with that. Hmm. Um, but comes to find out that it was only a premonition or a sixth sense, if you will. Um, let's see. Ooh, here's a kind of recent one. 2013. On February 14th, 2013, the murder of model Riva Steenkamp rocked South Africa. It became worldwide news when it was revealed that her boyfriend, oh yes, you might remember him, Olympic athlete Oscar Pistorius, nicknamed Blade Runner, was accused of the crime. At the trial, it was determined that she was locked in the bathroom and he fired a gun at the bathroom door. According to his attorney, he thought she was in the bedroom and an intruder broke in. He was ultimately found guilty of homicide, but this was later overturned when he was found guilty of murder. His initial six-year sentence caused outrage because many people thought this was not good enough, and he his sentence was <clears throat> increased to 13 years. Rather than go into detail about what happened, we're going to talk about a painting that she did that apparently predicted her death by shooting. A few months after the death of their daughter, her parents appeared in a documentary and showed a painting that she did um, when she was 14 years old. It was an extremely disturbing picture that showed an angel, a gunman, and a stairway to heaven. In the image, the man is standing next to her in a tree in a field. He's holding a gun. 
On the other side was a two-part drawing that joined together. There's a young girl wearing angel wings and a ladder going up to heaven. The girl is clearly terrified as her hands are covering her mouth and there's a look of horror on her face. Mm. Um, and so this drawing, painting, sorry, um, is what people think is the reason or is the um, prediction or sixth sense of her death. Oh, yikes. Um, then I have one more. Uh, the sinking of the Titanic was on April 14th, 1912. It's one of the most written about disasters in human history. It was especially tragic because it could not have been, or it could have been avoided, sorry. Morgan Robertson wrote a book called Futility about a sinking of a giant passenger liner because of a number of similarities between the Titanic. Um, this actually was written and published 14 years before the tragedy. In the book, the ship is called the Titan and was the largest vessel of its time. Oh, just like the Titanic. Um, the Titan was supposed to be unsinkable. Mm -mm. Both ships were capable of traveling at 20 knots an hour, and they both sank by hitting an iceberg in the middle of April. Huh. Finally, both ships, the book and the Titanic, only carried the bare minimum number of lifeboats, even though there were thousands of passengers aboard. Robertson dismissed any suggestion any suggestion that he had psychic powers and said that he only knew what he was writing. It just came to him. According to a scholar, futility was nothing more than just some coincidences. Robertson was an experienced sailor and correctly predicted that ships would eventually get larger. His experience also told him that there was a real danger in striking icebergs and sinking. Hmm. So those are some stories of the six cents or premonitions. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I have one more. After I watched a movie about this, I would like to share this one. So I just watched a movie about the haunting of Sharon Tate. Um, and in the movie, she kind of, she kept asking about her, her path or her life and death. And many people think that she had premonitions um, about her death. And so I would like to read a little about that one as well. All right, so this one comes from a website called cielodrive.com. Um, and it's talking about if Sharon Tate had predicted her death. This is written by Dick Kleiner, Dick Kleiner, um, in his voice after he talked to Sharon Tate. So I am reading it, quoting him. It was just a creepy story when Sharon Tate told me early in 1966. But now, three years and five murders later, it has acquired something more than creepiness. She was a starlet back then, sensational. They thought she was going to be the next big star. Maybe she would have been. Maybe not. But there was something a little strange about her. <clears throat> Everybody noticed it. They thought at the time... 
that it was because her first feature film was an oddball terror thing called 13. Later, they changed it to Eye of the Devil. So maybe people thought she was a little weird. You could look at her for hours and listen to the nutty stories coming out of her beautiful head. I like the stories of the supernatural. She knew that, and she had one for me. It involved J.C. Bring in the house in Benedict Canyon. Nope, not the house where she and Jay were killed. That was on Cielo, just off Benedict. But houses can't be much more than a mile apart. She used to date Jay. This is when before she met Roman, the man she married. She and Jay were together for a long time. Jay had just bought the house in Benedict Canyon. It had also once been owned by Paul Byrne. Um, and Byrne bought the house for his bride, Jane Harlow. And it was also the house that Byrne had committed suicide in. The beautiful girl told the story, calmly, matter-of-factly. It seems that Jay was in New York on business, and Sharon was between apartments. She called Jay and asked if she could stay in the house. Of course, he said yes. She was there at night, the dark night. She was alone. She wasn't usually spooky, but for some reason... That night, in that house, she was. She kept the light on by her bed. I saw a creepy little man. He looked like the pictures I'd seen of Burn. she said. When she got downstairs, she wished she was still upstairs. I saw a vision of someone tied to the staircase. It might have been me. It might have been Jay. Whoever it was, it was cut open at the throat. Um, she needed a drink for nerve steadying purposes. She didn't know where the bar was. Something told her to open a bookcase. Inside, there was a hidden bar, so she poured herself a shot. There was some wallpaper below the hidden bar. For some reason, she picked at it and tore it away. It was covered by a lovely copper base to the bar. She wondered why it had been wallpapered. Strange how the mind works. Worrying about all these things when ghosts are wandering upstairs and mutilated bodies are tied to the staircase. She thought it must be a dream. She, divided, she decided to find out and went back upstairs. The body was still tied to the stairs. The creepy little man was still prowling upstairs. She went to bed and she hum, somehow slept. When Jay came back the next morning, he woke her up. She remembered the events of the night before. It must have been a dream, but... Hey, he said to her. Who tore the wallpaper off the wall by the bar? No dream. No dream at all. Three years later, a mile up the road, a nightmare. She and, ba she and Jay were both killed, both stabbed. Three others were killed, too. Yikes. So that was a premonition of Sharon Tate that she gave to a friend of hers. Oh, yikes. I was trying to, like break this up and make it a little less creepy than the film curses, but I guess I failed in that. So anyway, I hope that you guys enjoyed these two stories. I'll probably be recording some more later this week. Um, please stay safe out there. Um, don't go anywhere unless you absolutely 100% have to. If you feel sick, don't go outside. If uh, you're feeling a little anxious, take a break from the news. Take a break from social media. That's what I've been doing. Meditate. Go for a walk and stay six feet away from people. 
Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your damn hands. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later on this week, weekend, next week. Enjoy your day and happy positive thoughts. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.